Welcome to this week's Eccentric Minute, brought to you by Eccentric. This week's Eccentric Minute, we're going to review one of our foundational single leg exercises, and that is the K-Box Split Squat. Just like with the squat, guys, make sure you got that tether taunt when you're at full extension, and set yourself a counterbalance. Here we're going to use the barbell on the rack. Sink it down just like a regular split squat, chest tall, and drive through that front foot. I really like that back plate there to take tension off that back toe. As we progress forward, that's going to be big time to help us even keep our weight forward more. As we increase intensity and decrease volume, we're also typically cutting depth, therefore increasing transfer when we're looking at stopping power at a greater height. Guys, give this one a shot. I'm sure that this is one that you're going to find some great carryover for your athletes. I really hope you enjoyed this week's Eccentric Minute. Make sure you check them out at eccentric.com to find out everything you need about the K-Box and the K-Pulley. Being a strength and conditioning professional requires constant pursuit of better knowledge, better methods, and better means. But what if there was a place where strength and conditioning coaches could learn from some of the most innovative practitioners in the world, such as Jeff Moyer, Lachlan Wilmot, William Wayland, James the Thinker Smith, and Kirwenham Flat. Well, you could find multiple lectures from each of these top-level coaches and a few lectures and examples from yours truly as well, all in the Strength Coach Network. The Strength Coach Network is going to bring you well over a hundred different lectures from some of the top practitioners in the world to be your one-stop shop for your continuing education and professional development. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash today and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. That's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash C-V-A-S-P-S to get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Today, guys, I have the absolute pleasure of getting to sit down and talk with George Washington University's Simone Morin about learning from multiple coaches and how the impact of learning from people with different philosophies can have a tremendous effect on how you work with your athletes. After a brief little rundown of how she got to G-Dub, you know, including you know whom she's had the opportunity to learn from, Simone's going to dive right into sharing with us some of the pros and cons of living and working and coaching in the nation's capital and how this has had a really positive impact, not just on programming, but developing relationships with the student-athletes that she gets to work with. After that, she's going to dive right into you know, her progress and her building through the past year with these young people, including some of the lessons that she has learned and brought with her along the way to help better impact these different varieties of student-athletes that she gets to work with. You know, and then we finish off discussing how she built the program throughout this year and what really led into a successful off-season and how that has brought a ton of buy-in from the young people she gets to coach. This is really an awesome talk, guys. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Let's get right to it. Coach, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. I'm really fired up for this one. Obviously, when you get people in the G-Dub tree, uh, it's one that's been very good to me for a very, very long time. But for those who don't know who Coach Morin is, you know, how'd you get to G-Dub? What you got cooking up there and, and what you were getting into? Yeah, um, so I'm Simone Morin. I am one of the assistant strength coaches at George Washington University currently. 
Um, I work with women's basketball, women's volleyball, uh, and women's roaming primarily, along with a couple others. Um, my, I, even though I'm pretty young, my um, background is a little bit extensive. Um, I started undergrad at Springfield College um, back in 2013. Uh, had the opportunity to do a couple internships there, one of them being at Quinnipiac University with Brajesh, which was super helpful. That really got me fired up and got me excited for strength and conditioning. He challenged me every day, but it that internship really showed me that strength and conditioning is what I wanted to do as a career. Uh, the days were long, but they flew by for me. So I was like, that's kind of a job that I think I can see myself doing. Uh, so I then continued on into grad school at Springfield as well where I had the opportunity to um, not only be a GA working with those teams, but also had the opportunity to intern at the University of Kansas, as well as the University of Connecticut with women's basketball, um, which were two incredible experiences. From there, Kansas uh, asked me to come back for a one-year assistantship position, which I accepted. And then only a month or two into that, um, Andrea Hootie heard about a, an opportunity here at George Washington. She put my name in there, um, and the rest is history. And I ended up here at G-Dub, and I'm loving every minute of it. So you've had some really interesting and, and some different, really like different end of the spectrum people to, to work under. You know, Hootie yes. at Kansas um, that guy who finally cut his hair up at George Washington, um, Brajesh. Yes. And then of course the entire program that goes on at Springfield. Right. So now how have you taken this interesting polygon and right. turned it into yours? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I think for me, I love that I've had so many different experiences. I've worked with so many different coaches um, just from a, a one example is Brajesh at Quinnipiac. He personally doesn't use Olympic lifting. He um, gets those adaptations via other tools. Um, whereas Andrea Hootie, she's big on the Olympic lifts. So when I went to Kansas, that was kind of a, a little bit of a culture shock for me. Um, but I've seen both ends of the spectrum. And I like to say that I'm a little bit more in the middle ground. Um, I've taken bits and pieces from every program that I've been at. And I've kind of created what I think works for me and my athletes in our specific situation. Um, if I was at a different school, I would probably take um, different things from different coaches a little bit more or less. But where I'm at right now, I've been able to really pull on some of the Olympic lifting stuff um, out from Kansas, as well as having some different unique exercise selections and training selections um, that have come more so, more so from Quinnipiac and his ability to use the resources he has. Um, he, you know, for conditioning out at Quinnipiac, he's done a lot with de- running different hills on the property that he happens to have um, because he doesn't have a lot of cardio equipment or space really for running inside. Um, and I've had to kind of adapt and use that part for myself here at G-Dub because, you know, we're in the middle of the city. We don't have um, a sports field right at our Smith Center where our main weight rooms are. Um, but we do have the Lincoln, so I'm running those steps and you know, trying to be creative about my, my choices via my exercise selections. Um, but I got those ideas from all the different experiences that I was lucky to have. Well, and those experiences leading you then into the nation's capital work well because there are some unique 
limitations and opportunities. You have both ends of the spectrum when it comes to the preparation of your athletes. Absolutely. It's very unique out here. Um, you know, there's pros and cons to every place. Uh, I have to bike to work every day, which is definitely kind of an interesting thing, but it helps keep uh, get the energy flowing in the morning for me. Um, but at the same time, I have the National Mall at my expenditure every day for conditioning or anything I really want. Um, so that's really unique. You don't have any other school in America, I think, that can say that they train where you know, Martin Luther King gave his, I gave a, I, I, I have a dream speech and things like that. So that's pretty incredible, I think. Well, and I think that that's something too that dates at least back to the director prior. I know Matt Johnson did a bunch of stuff on the, uh, on the mall and, and incorporated a lot of the monuments and the history and into what he did. How is that something that you guys have utilized that whole space and that history and, and how you built around with that? Yeah, so that having the monuments is is a really awesome um, tool, not just for the space, but for the history that's happened out there and um, the history it kind of commemorates. Um, I'm a big proponent that strength and conditioning is not just getting stronger; it's not just getting more fit or faster. I think you're trying to develop the human um, from a holistic approach. If you can help them achieve their highest potential um, in all facets of their life, I think you're helping them be what they what they need to be. And I think strength and conditioning is something that can really do that. So being able to be at some of these places that have um, such a, a, a colorful past or, or good history um, to kind of help spark some conversation for these kids, I think is a huge factor for us. Um, as I mentioned before, with the I have a dream speech, we try to make it a point to have a team standing on top of it to break it down um, at the end of any session at the Lincoln, that way we kind of can start that conversation of like, you know, what's your dream? What do you want to do after graduation and things like that? How can I help you um, to achieve that dream? So that kind of helps us further build the whole strength and conditioning um, aspect, even though maybe it's not exactly our role to be dealing with some of these other things. But I think it helps spark that conversation, build some buy-in between you and the athletes um, and helps you kind of get a little bit farther than where you would if you were just doing strictly, you know, dumbbell exercises and running and things like that. Yeah, I love that because that brings in not just the human side and the history side, but it also opens up kind of some harder conversations in a tricky way, isn't how I want to say it, but kind of in a tricky way. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely, it does spark some interesting conversations. I think um, that was kind of one of the... I don't want to say culture shock, but one of the, the differences in culture when I came, you know, from the University of Kansas out to Washington, D.C. is people have a lot of different um, opinions out here and different thoughts on and views on the world. Um, and I think our students are very educated in what's going on. Um, so we have a lot of conversations in the weight room. Um, there's even the simple ones of, you know, I was I, one of my first days coaching at G-Dub. I, I was helping out, I think, with men's basketball. And there was, I don't even remember who it was, but one of them wasn't really bench pressing much. He was dumbbell bench and he was maybe using 40s. And I looked at him and I was like, bro, I can bench more than you. So you should probably pick up a heavier dumbbell. Um, and he looked at me, he goes, good, this is, that's, it's the 21st century. You should be able to equality. And I was like, whoa, that's not the response I was expecting for that. This is going to be a little bit of a different coaching experience, but it's challenged me in really good ways that helped me develop not only as a coach, but as a, as a person. 
Well, yes. And then now there's some interesting transitional things. So I guess that the next question I have to have is, is how is, how is things moving forward? How are things with Simone developing through this? Cause this was your second off season with the team, right? Uh, first true off season. I got here last October. So I've been here just, uh, just over a year. So now how does this transition into this great, wonderful, crazy groundhog day type time of year that we call the early season of college basketball? Mm. Yeah, I honestly, I'm really excited because I've had this full year to actually develop with the, the women's basketball team. Um, I've, been able to control exactly what they did in the off season, had all those conversations. The, the, the athletes trust me more now than when I showed up last year, you know, basically at their first game. Um, so I'm really excited to see their work pay off and see their progress that they've made over the past um, little over a year now uh, and really see that, you know, some of the younger kids step up because, you know, you have freshmen, you have all these other different athletes that come in and they have their baseline abilities. Um, but in that first year, everyone's really the, a new kid to you. So it's a, a new project. Um, so for me, it's going to be really exciting to see every single one of them, you know, that one step better than they were last year and see how they can perform together as a team. So now we talked a lot about that personal side of it. But there's also some interesting aspects to the actual training side of it up there in Foggy Bottom. Yes. So, so let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about how, I mean, just those two sports together, when you're talking rowing and you're talking women's basketball, is mm -hmm. a totally different everything. But yes. How, how is this moving forward as you have developed under Todd, going forward with what you're doing now, from B to Hootie to Ham, where are some things now with what you're seeing at Foggy Bottom that Simone sees moving forward? Where is Simone going with her programming? Where was she coming from with her programming? And how now do you see things moving in a, in a positive direction with the, the young athletes you get to work with? Yeah, um... I, I hate to admit this, I would say, and Hammer's going to love this, um, but he kind of helped me almost relax a little bit when it comes to um, programming and big picture. Um, you know, we have two smaller weight rooms, and then again, we, have, we do a lot of our conditioning out um, on the National Mall, but that makes some logistics a little bit challenging. Um, and when I started, I came from, you know, where Brajesh had taught me how to truly program throughout an extended period of time, making sure I progress everything just so, and I have all these details. Um, and I wouldn't say I'm not detail oriented anymore, but I'd say I've, I've drifted in the, the um, in the path where you know it's okay to have things be a little bit different than what I had intended to because of space or um, facility and things like that. Um, but on the flip side, I think now that I've been here for a year, I truly understand exactly what I can get done in those rooms. Um, so I've been able to program and get, you know, every ounce that I can out of those rooms, um, for each athlete there. Uh, so those are the main, that's kind of the main thing from a, a progression standpoint, programming wise for, you know, basketball and volleyball compared to women's rowing is kind of polar different for me because you have, um, you know, a team of say 13 coming in versus a team of 40. 
that's going to have some changes in there. Uh, the other thing is that their personalities are so different. I personally, as a coach, have to develop to make sure that I'm best helping them. Um, so for basketball, I don't necessarily need to bring the energy. I need to just continue their energy because they come in kind of crazy every day. And I just need to kind of help fuel that energy into a positive way. Whereas not that rowing doesn't have energy. They're just a sport that when they work hard, they don't, they're not speaking. So it's taken me a while to get used to that and to help them kind of understand that talking in the weight room is helpful and, you know, being able to cheer on your teammates is going to help you get outside of your own head and outside of the discomfort you're feeling so that you can help not only that athlete over there, but you're going to help yourself get out of what you might be feeling so that you can get the most out of everything that you're doing. Um, so coaching wise, I've had to kind of figure out the best way to serve each and every team and each and every individual as well. You know, and those are things that usually come with like an aha moment. Um, I would say my aha moment for that hasn't uh, necessarily happened at G-Dub. Um, when I was at Kansas, it was a similar aha moment. I did have the opportunity. I was assisting with um, basketball and volleyball and, and the, the really, I guess, exciting sports of KU. Um, and then I personally was in charge of women's rowing. So, um, that's where I first saw the differences in personality. And at one point I was coaching rowing and the program was almost identical to some of the stuff that other teams at KU had been doing. Um, but it was silent and Andrew Hootie walks by and she, she made some funny comment. I can't even remember exactly what she said, but she pretty much said, are, are we sitting in church right now or are we in a weight room? Um, so a subtle little jab right there. And I kind of, I was sitting there and at the time I was like, you know, I'm coaching well, everyone's moving in the way that I want them to. And then I realized like, no one's talking to each other, no one's smiling, things like that. Um, so based on, on her subtle little jab to me, I was like, oh, okay. Like I got to bring the energy. I got to help them be excited for what they're doing every day. It could be the exact same program, but I'm going to have to coach it a little bit different than, I have to coach it for, say, men's basketball or women's volleyball or whatever it may be. <laughs> and and you'll, you'll understand this. Hootie has a very interesting way of being able to get her point across oh, yes. very quickly. <laughs> but no, I, I love that. And I think that then being able to understand that plays really well into a role where you're working with teams that are so exceptionally different, not just in quantity, but with the athlete. Yeah, absolutely. So then moving forward, it's a transition time for you guys at G-Dub. So let's, let's talk a little bit about you moving into the college basketball season and, and what now you're looking at when it comes to how you're handling these young student athletes and you know how you've built them in to be ready for what is the actual in my opinion and sorry to everybody else the only true grind of the school year yeah it, it is definitely about to be quite a grind um with Todd Hammer um taking uh, a new job opportunity we are short staffed right now which is definitely going to be an interesting um, situation going into the season where I'm going to be traveling and whatnot, um, because I currently do help kind of cover some of the teams that he was working with prior. Um, but 
uh, as far as the grind, uh, I'm excited for it. Uh, it's going to be a challenge um, to kind of balance out some of the teams and make sure when I'm traveling that things are kind of covered the way I need it to be. Um, but in order to kind of set myself up and my teams up for success there, that just comes down to organization and, and uh, being detail oriented. Uh, so making sure, you know, before I leave, every single one of my teams are covered properly. And then the people covering them know exactly how I want that program to be run. Um, I think our staff does a really good job of being able to cover anyone's teams. Um, we've worked pretty hard to make it a point that if any athlete walks in the door, uh, any one of us can help them, uh, you know, just answer a question, run them through a lift, whatever it needs to be. Uh, we can help them. So continuing that and making sure our staff are all on track and able to um, kind of cover things and make sure things are, are good to go. And then as far as the grind, I, I guess I kind of put a little bit more on my plate sometimes. Um, Hammer used to get mad at me for this, but one of the biggest things for me that I feel like I've done my job right is when athletes ask me for more. Um, so if they want to come in just to stretch or they want to come in to chat or or they actually do need some extra lift or conditioning, um, that's when I feel like I've actually created that bond and that trust with them. Um, luckily, I have several athletes that now do that, and I'm, there's probably going to be even more in season, especially for stretching and things like that. Um, so the, the grind is definitely going to be there. Um, but when you love what you do, it's totally fine. And I, I just want to see them all be their absolute best. So that means I got to hang around for a little bit just to help someone stretch. That's something that I'm willing to do, um, to make sure that this, this season is successful and we, and we do the best that we possibly can. So then let's talk programming. Like, let's actually talk about the X's and O's of what you're doing with the women, because I know that that's one thing that, that Todd has spoken more and more and more highly about with, with what you're doing. And that's Simone, the practitioner. Yeah. So I, Let's get into that. Let's get into how that offseason was. Let's get into how this offseason is going to build into what these women are getting into. Yeah, for sure. So offseason was fun. Um, I had the team four days a week. We did two days of a pure lift, and then we did two days of half of a lift, half conditioning. Um, I had some fun. We had them out on, like, the softball fields for some conditioning and just in different fields just to um, – kind of spread their image I think all too often and this probably happens at most schools is there's the oh they're the basketball team they get to do this um so I wanted to kind of force the team to see other athletes and be involved with other athletes this offseason um so we did that a lot um, but from a true X's and O's standpoint uh, the first thing, first phase I had, um, we did a lot of uh, circuit work. We did a lot of 30 seconds on 30 seconds off, just kind of getting back to a true work capacity. Um, because the off season or the in season lifts, excuse me, are definitely very short. Um, and, and they're in and out. So having full time with me, I wanted to make sure that they were still running around and doing, uh, as much as they possibly could in that one hour that I had with them per day. Um, shortly after that, we started hitting some tempo work cause I wanted to make sure that we were hitting depth in squats because, you know, we're notorious for not doing that. Um, so just kind of owning every position that they could possibly be in before we make it dynamic. Um, so we did that for, uh, four or five weeks and then following that, we just kind of built strength on that. Um, 
at one point it was quite interesting. The two freshmen that we came, that came in this year um, were exceptional. They were able to just jump in with the group. I didn't have to really teach them much of anything, which was awesome. And at one point in the summer, um, I was kind of looking through numbers and looking and chatting with coach. And I was like, from a strength standpoint, right now we're honestly fine. And this was midsummer. Um, obviously, I you know we can always get stronger, um, and I don't want us to get any less strong. But that's not really a concern of mine right now. Um, and she was she was happy to, to hear that. And even looking at the numbers, she kind of agreed as well. Um, so we kind of took a little bit of a shift and added some more conditioning type of aspects in there. Um, however, at the same time, you got to remember basketball is on the court all the time. So they're constantly getting impact on their feet. Uh, so I had to get pretty creative when it came to conditioning. We did a lot of circuit-based stuff, um, bike workouts, hit the Versa a little bit, things like that, where they're not necessarily, necessarily pounding on their feet all the time, but they are getting a, a cardiovascular adaptation. Um, and then finally we, we tried to add in some pool workouts there as well. Um, they had an off day once a week, um, where it was optional, but they could come go in the pool, kind of move around, get some blood flow in there. And they all loved that. Um, so that's something that I'm continuing to do right now. We have a few injury people, um, that have to do pool workouts. And then most of the team actually chooses to come do some pool recovery as well. Um, which is really awesome. Well, it's great when you get the buy-in to the point that they're going to show up and do what you want them to do without having to ask them to do it. Yes, love that. Now, that could also be a, a challenging thing coming into a basketball program to earn. Um, was that something that was quick, or was there a process to that? Um, it was relatively quick, but I did have to be diligent in that process, I'd say. Um Going into it, I uh, had heard from you know prior coaches and whatnot that the women's basketball coaching staff here um, preferred to do to, to control conditioning. Um, and going into it, I was going to be fine with that either way. Obviously, I would like to handle that as I can I consider that my job. <laughs> um, but if that's what the coach thinks is going to be successful, I'm not going to be the one that's going to really challenge that. Um, however, when it came to, um, the season I just ended, I met with the coaching staff. I kind of laid out exactly what I wanted to do from, you know, early April until right now, pretty much. So several months of exactly what I wanted to do for lifting, exactly what I wanted to do for conditioning, et cetera. Um, and when they saw that I had like an overall progression, especially for the conditioning side of things, they were like, okay, it's yours. You can take it, go for it. Um, and that was, that was awesome. Um, and then when the, the team came back in the summer, um, we had talked to them about how their conditioning test was going to be a little bit more challenging this year than it was in prior years. Um, conditioning was a focus that we really wanted to be, um, you know, strong on this year. So with that being said, I kind of talked to the team. I was like, I'm more than willing to help you guys with extra conditioning and whatnot. The issue is you have to be consistent with it. You can't come in do extra conditioning one day and then I never see you do extra conditioning ever again. So if you're going to be in that group and you want to work for it, you're coming in two to three times a week. Um, if you're not, that's fine. You can do what you want. I can't tell you what to do. Um, but just know that that opportunity is there for you. And I think by midsummer, um, I had nine of my 13 coming in. And then by the end of the summer, I had, I think like 11 of the 13 kids coming in, um, for extra conditioning. 
which was awesome because we all passed our conditioning test the first time and made my life really easy. So it was really cool to see them um, want to get better every single day and then trust me to be the one that will help them get them where they need to be. I love that. And the fact that there was such a high volume of them that brought into it is truly rewarding. Yes. So, Simone, let me get you out of here on this. You know, where can people keep up with what you're doing? Where can they see with, you know, what you got going up there in, in Foggy Bottom? And, and where can they get in touch with you? Yeah. Um, for me, uh, you can catch up what I'm doing uh, at Foggy Bottom most of the time on Instagram. I'm under Coach Simone with a little underscore after that. Um, so you can kind of see what I'm doing there. Um, you can also kind of message me on that if you need to reach out. Um, as well as my email is a good way to reach out, which is just Simone underscore Morin at GWU.edu. Awesome. Well, Simone, truly appreciate your time and can't thank you enough for being on. It's always great to have not just a coach that's doing tremendous things, but uh, it's always great to, to touch base with somebody in the ham fam because it's <laughs> it's something that's, that's deep in my heart as well. The good old ham fam. Yeah, no, I really appreciate the opportunity um, to chat. Awesome. Well, we'll be in touch real soon. Thank you. Thank you. And a huge thank you to George Washington University, Simone Moran, for spending the time with us today. Guys, just some open, honest, candid sharing from a coach who's really getting it done up there in Foggy Bottom. I can't thank Simone enough for spending the time with us today and just being so open, honest, and candid with her sharing. And guys, make sure you give her a follow on the gram. It's at Coach Simone underscore at C-O-A-C-H-S-I-M-O-N-E underscore uh, she really does share quite a bit of what they do up there, and they're doing great work. And Simone, can't thank you enough. Keep up the great work with everything you're doing up there in D.C. It's truly appreciated. And as always, guys, if you did enjoy the talk, please share it through the social media outlet of your choice, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be. As always, we're just trying to get the best information out there to all the great coaches that we can. And as always, guys, thank you for everything that you do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We will be back next week with another awesome guest. We will see you then.